The views, ideas, and content of well seekers and their guests are their own opinions, and you should always seek additional professional help around any of the issues discussed here on Well Seekers. Hello, and welcome to Well Seekers. We are so excited to continue our journey with this next show in our series on rising, coming back, and thriving in the face of cancer. If you have cancer, if you're supporting someone who has cancer, or if you just want to know a little bit more. On this episode, we're talking about all the different ways to offer some support through this journey. When you first get a diagnosis, it can be incredibly, incredibly confusing, but having support and having the right supports in place and knowing the supports that you may need as you continue down this journey is imperative to not experiencing burnout, both as a patient and as a loved one. Caring for someone with cancer and having cancer can have very strong physical and emotional demands on your life, on your body. And you're going to experience so many different things, fatigue, problems, sleeping. You're going to have all of the emotional roller coaster we talk about, right? Sadness, anxiousness, guilt, anger, frustration, hopelessness. All of this comes when you are dealing with or caring for someone who has cancer. It's also sort of like a fog. Where do I go? What do I do? On today's show, we're talking to Sarah Cowan. She is one of the founders of Own Your Cancer Coaching. They started out as a coaching program and I, Sarah will tell us where they're headed, but really what they do is sort of have this journey through, through cancer and they've moved more online, which I love because they can reach more people. Because when you're in this, right, as a caregiver or someone with cancer, you're trying to figure out testing, diagnostics, and do I get a second opinion? And what are clinical trials and additional therapies, side effects, support, life after treatment, the holistic approach, right? What do I eat? How do I support myself emotionally? Woof, even saying it, knowing what that means, it's just a lot. I call it um, stacking with my clients with anxiety. When you have all of those things, it can just stack, 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 stack. And then you're just standing on a pile of things and you have no idea how to deal with it. So in this episode, we're going to unstack and take this piece by piece and step by step and give some clarity to the process and clarity to the journey with Sarah. Um, she's going to walk us through how you can do that in your own journey and just give us a little more peace, a little more gentleness, a little more ease through a process that feels like anything but those things. So we're so honored to have Sarah. She's going to join us in just a minute. So stay with us here on Well Seekers. You're listening to Well Seekers, a show where the journey is just as important as the destination. Welcome back to Well Seekers. And we are so honored and excited to have our next guest, Sarah Cowan. Sarah, did I say it right? I know we yes. talked before. Okay. I like to get my name is said incorrectly like 12 times a day. I've said that before in the show. So I always like to honor people's names. Um, Sarah is the CEO and founder of ownyourcancercoaching.com. Sarah is a radiation oncology therapist who treats and cares for cancer patients in Toronto, Ontario. Since 2007, she's worked in various cancer centers in North America the Middle East, which I definitely want to talk to you about, Sarah, treating all forms of cancer with various types of radiation technology. She is especially passionate about educating people throughout their cancer journey and beyond and specializing in treatment side effects management and nutrition. She plays an active role in the online cancer community, 
on social media, Facebook, Instagram. We are going to have all her links at the end of the show and in the bio and write up. So make sure you check her out. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today on Wall Seekers. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I'm really excited about this conversation because support is such a big aspect of people that have cancer or have a loved one that has cancer. Before we dive into more about what you do and supports, can you talk a little bit about why you got into this field and decided to specialize in oncology? Sure. Um, so way back in university, so I did an undergraduate degree in medical physics, uh, which is basically just applying physics to medicine, like radiation, medical imaging, nuclear medicine, that kind of stuff. And then I heard about this um, specialty degree called radiation therapy which really appealed to me because I could use my knowledge and background and help people with cancer and have patient interaction. And it's a very rewarding career for anybody who's had radiation therapy for cancer treatment. Basically, I was the one that would do the initial CT scan to plan for the radiation treatments. We imported into a sophisticated computer program and simulate the treatments. We target the area we want to treat. And then I'm the person that would deliver the treatment um, as well. After working for a few years, was recruited to the Middle East. Again, this career has just brought me a, like a ton of different opportunities. I was going to ask her, how did that happen? How do you get recruited <laughs> to the Middle East? <laughs> Basically, the hospital in Saudi Arabia that I worked at, found a recruiter who sent um, my department an email to say, you know, we have this excellent benefit package with a tax-free salary and, you know, me having eight years of university debt. I was like, yeah, I think this sounds great. Um, <laughs> and it ended up being one of the best moves, both personally and professionally that I've, I've ever made in my entire life. Mm -hmm. um, I was able to, you know, experience a different culture and travel that side of the world and pay off my university debt a lot faster than I would have been able to in Canada. Because you've worked in different countries, Sarah, can you talk to us a little bit about, and I know this is a slightly larger conversation, but some of the differences you saw in the way cancers treated and supported, is there a vast difference? The technology is basically the same. Actually in the Middle East, they have like, they have a larger budget for healthcare than we do say in Canada which is a public health care system. Um, so I'd say the technology is actually even more advanced than here. So the reason I was recruited was because they don't actually have a university program for what I do. So their staff is all expats. You know, they've recruited from the UK, from Australia, from New Zealand. And it was really nice to actually see how um, everybody sort of does things differently in terms of like patient care and um, their treatment protocols in different countries. So it's a great opportunity for people to go and work abroad and experience these different things. Cancer care, at least, is what I'm familiar with. I think it's it's about the same. About the same. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about why you created Own Your Cancer Coaching and what you do and why there's such a need for it? No, those are those are big questions, and I gave you. <laughs> 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 That's okay. So basically at all of the cancer centers I've worked at in, Can in Canada and in the Middle East, I've noticed um, a serious lack of accurate educational information provided uh, to people with cancer. So 
By accurate, I mean just very basic and not inaccurate, but inadequate. So for example, the cancer center I currently work at, we have this one outdated sheet of dietary advice for people with cancer. And it's shocking how little information we have available for these people that when you're going through a cancer diagnosis, nutrition is extremely important more than ever. And so I noticed a consistent lack in certain areas like nutrition, coping skills, things that like sex and cancer, things that your doctor won't necessarily talk to you about. And you know, support groups aren't always intimate enough to, and it's not unique enough for, because each can, cancer patient has um, a different diagnosis and is going through a different experience. So basically, I started on your cancer coaching because I wanted to fill the gaps in the educational system within the healthcare system, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's interesting because my love, loved ones that um, have cancer here in their centers, and I think this is predominantly at our, in the States at our larger cancer centers, have really specific support groups, like stage four colorectal cancer. Um, oh, amazing. Yeah. So they've divided them more, but I know that's not at every hospital. I think it's just more of the major, like MD Anderson, Dana Farber, Mm -hmm. hospitals. Um, But I I can tell that that was a difference for them. I know that um, my loved one was stage four CRC colorectal was in a support group with people that had, you know, stage one and you had multiple people dealing with a terminal diagnosis and someone that, you know, had stage one, there's just such a different approach, right? Clinically that you would take with them. Exactly. Yeah. We started off, as you were saying, as a coaching service, but myself and my team at Own Your Cancer Coaching, we are all, you know, full-time healthcare professionals who didn't really have the time to to continue the the one-on-one client services. We were just too busy, we found. So What we did was we turned our coaching service into a course, an online course where people can um, do the course at their own speed and then reach out to us at any time. It's a video-based course where you have practical exercises to go along with the modules to apply what you're learning to your own life. And we felt that this method of teaching was a lot more uh, beneficial for people who didn't want to say go to a support group or an online class um, because they found it was like more something they could do it on their own time and they didn't feel pressure to kind of attend or share any of their personal information. I was scrolling through some of the um, topics, Sarah, and maybe you could tell everyone that's listening some of the topics, but I was going to ask you what some of the basic supports are, questions, because that's one of the things that Sarah has on her site is questions for your oncologist, which if you are dealing with cancer, I have a loved one that's dealing with cancer, I'd absolutely suggest going on and, and looking at that. But can you talk to us about some of the courses that you developed and why you feel like they're so important? Sure. So the first course that we launched, we just launched it in October. It's called the Cancer Fighters Diet. Cancer nutrition is one of the most under-discussed and confusing things um, after a cancer diagnosis because, you know, there's so much misleading information online and people tend to think, well, you know, maybe I should stop eating sugar. Maybe I should start fasting. But really when you're going through cancer treatment, 
any nutrition you can get in your body is beneficial. And I think there's a huge disconnect between what people are told is healthy and what isn't. For example, a lot of healthcare professionals are still um, telling people to drink those those canned milkshakes like Booster Ensure. Whereas, uh, yeah, <laughs> I have a they, fridge full of them. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Let's hear about it. I mean, we stopped because the adverse effects. We yeah. could just, we could talk about diet. We did talk about <laughs> diet in a whole episode, but yes. yeah, tell me why because they did tell us like just drink these. Well, first of all, they're gross. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I haven't had can... one, but I'm going to take your okay. word. <laughs> <laughs> they contain more sugar and chemicals than most ice cream. Mm. Um, so if you're able to, if you have the energy or if you have someone who's able to make something healthier for you, like a smoothie with some natural Greek yogurt and some fruit, and you can add like maybe protein powder or spinach in there to get some extra nutrients. Like that is a million times healthier than these shakes and your body will respond to treatment better. It will be, your treatments will be more effective and you will have an easier time dealing with the harsh treatment side effects. If you're fueling your body with the correct nutrients that it needs. Amazing. This is why we created the Cancer Fighters Diet, and we are currently working on other courses. We will be launching one within the next two months. It's called Flow, um, just managing your emotions as you go through your cancer journey. We talk about the different stages of you know, grief, stress, acceptance, which I know you, you do a lot um, with. Mm-hmm. Um, so my colleagues are trained in um, cognitive be cognitive behavioral therapy and dialectical behavioral therapy. So we're bringing those um, skills into this course. And again, it'll be video-based plus exercises to really try to drive home these points and and uh, help people cope with a cancer diagnosis in general. Sarah, I know that you started in this coaching sphere and I feel like everyone could benefit from a cancer mm-hmm. coach. And I know that because everyone has full-time jobs on your team, you transitioned more into courses. But if someone is out there trying to navigate this system, what are some suggestions you would have other than I do suggest going to her website because she walks you through so many different aspects of this? Um, What are some general bullet points, advice, guidance that you could offer? First and foremost, if somebody's in like a a dire street needs professional help, um, the best place to go would be your oncologist and your your healthcare team um, at the cancer center. Most cancer centers, I think, are pretty good at offering psychosocial support, a, a dietitian that you can have a one-on-one session. There's so much online that it can be really overwhelming and confusing. So what I typically tell people to do is, you know, first connect with their, their healthcare team rather than reading anything online. We actually really, really hope to grow to the point where we will be offering our our cancer coaching services again. Uh, We're still a very young company, but I'd I'd say within the next year or so, we'll be um, onboarding more professionals to offer that service again. So you would say to go to the support system of the hospital and try and navigate through that? Yes. I just know from our own experience it required so there were so many questions 
for the, mm-hmm. for like, I, there's a section on Sarah's site questions for your oncologist, which I think is so, so important um, to research going in because there were so many things left out or not explained that we had to do research on before we even got there. Right. So there are these gaps that it sometimes feels like not purposely, maybe just because Mm -hmm. they're packed day to day that are left out of how to support ourselves, the questions to ask all of these main areas. Does that make sense, Sarah? That's exactly it. And I mean, you only have maybe a 10 minute time slot with your oncologist or your radiation therapist. And, you know, they might just hand you a brochure, which isn't sufficient. It's really not. Like, as I mentioned before, each each person has a unique circumstance and a unique diagnosis. So, yeah, that's, that's totally fair. But, um, the questions I have on the website are really, you know, just the, the most important ones to ask in your short amount of time with your oncologist because they're going to be giving you a ton of information and it's going to be overwhelming and it's just really helpful to have to go prepared and maybe bring like a phone that you can record your your conversation or somebody to go with you if you're able to to help you absorb that and retain that information. Mm, I love the phone idea. So if you're in your meeting, it's okay to pull out a phone. Oh, 100%. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What are some of the most frequently missed questions do you feel like that people don't ask that are important? I think people are, are afraid to ask about certain things. There's a bit of a stigma around um, coping skills. Like we're not taught how to deal with an extremely devastating diagnosis in school when we're young, you know, most people don't aren't equipped to deal with something like this. And if you have if you have pre-existing um, psychological mental health challenges, mental health challenges, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it makes it even more difficult. So I think a lot of people are are embarrassed to to speak up and ask for help in that respect. Where I work right now, we do ask them. We do offer directly or if they'd like extra help with psychosocial support or we do have somebody who's specialized in therapy on site um, for people that need immediate attention. But yes, coping skills for sure. Um, Sex and cancer is really under-discussed and it's, it's actually very important that people who have cancer in like the pelvic region or breast cancer, it's important that they know how to become comfortable with the changes that are happening to their body and that they can still be intimate when they're receiving say radiation therapy to the pelvis where they might um, have different side effects going on where they, you know, they prevent them from having sex, but there's different ways of staying intimate and talking to your partner. And I think that's another thing that's extremely under discussed. I know we don't have that much time, Sarah, but can we talk a little bit about that? I wish we had you on just to talk about this. I I know I may have to have you come back to just talk about, to talk about this. (laughs) I'd love to. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I think if Sarah's up for it, we may schedule another time and just keep it on, on this for today because we're talking about sort of the holistic needs and questions and supports that we need. I love the mental health aspect. And I think that that's an important chunk that I want to make sure we get to. What are some of those ways? I know you mentioned support groups. What are some of the other ways that you feel like are not often said that people can support themselves through this mentally and emotionally? It's 
really about noticing, being more mindful, becoming more aware of what you're going through, allowing yourself to to go through the motions, to experience the stages of, you know, grief and sadness and resentment. People often feel extremely fearful that, you know, of death or that their cancer treatments won't work and that they'll be um, leaving their loved ones behind. To me, trying to worry less about things you can't control because things are going to happen regardless of whether you worry about them or not. But worrying just causes so much stress, anxiety, and even can lead to depression. And it, it increases your cortisol levels, which is, is bad for your health. So really becoming aware of your thoughts and writing them down. Like I know <laughs> you probably tell your clients this all the time, but writing things down, journaling really does help and it gets things out of your mind onto the paper and it's easier to just take a step back and realize like am I worrying too much about something or is this just a thought and is it going to pass and is is this something that I can't control and it might not happen anyways so why am I worrying so much and causing my so much myself so much anxiety mm. besides support groups and therapists. Are there any other resources, Sarah? Because I, I love that. I know it sounds like journaling is something you would suggest. Are there any books or other resources within the realm of either if you have cancer and are needing some mental, emotional support, or if you are supporting somebody that has cancer that you really love and are your go-tos? I can actually send you um, some links that we can include. Um, That'd be amazing. I'm a huge supporter um, an advocate for support groups. And, be, and now with everything online, you can find, like you said, like a very specific support group that only deals with a certain type of cancer or a certain stage or a certain emotion or, you know, a certain need. And you don't even have to use your own name. You don't even have to go on video or say anything about yourself, but it just to listen and hear people's experiences um, that are similar to your own it kind of normalizes things and, you know, it, it makes people think like, yeah, I'm not alone because even if you have the most supportive family in the world, they might not know what you're going through, what you're experiencing if they haven't gone through it themselves. So it's, it's still, it's very possible to, to feel very alone um, when you have a cancer diagnosis. What about for people supporting loved ones with cancer? I know there are support groups for that too. And obviously reaching out to therapists will, of course, will include the link of all of Sarah's favorite resources and books, but anything off the top of your head that you would say to them? Take care of yourself as well. I think a lot of people just, they're, they're 100% focused on taking care of their loved one when they, they forget to take care of themselves. And you know, they need to support themselves just as much and seek support from other people because they have to stay strong for their loved one. And I think a lot of people just lose sight of that. Hmm. Sarah, we'll have to coordinate because we may try and get her back before the series ends um, to talk about sex and cancer. But if people want more information on your courses, coping with cancer, mental health, the work you do, where can they find you on social and online? 
Yeah, we're on ownyourcancercoaching.com. We have a ton of resources there, free resources. Uh, we have a nutritional guide, a five-day meal plan. Like you said, the most important questions to ask your oncologist at each stage of your journey, um, which includes getting a second opinion. You can also check out the Cancer Fighters Diet. And then um, upcoming uh, this spring will be our second course on coping with cancer-related fears and managing your emotions as you go through your cancer journey. I'm on Instagram at Cancer Specialist and on Facebook, uh, we have a page for Own Your Cancer Coaching where we post regularly as well. I love this course that you're talking about because I feel like that's just sort of the epicenter of our conversation was about the emotions. So definitely make sure to go to the website and check out more. Um, I also will say that the website has clinical trials, additional therapies, things that sometimes are often overlooked. So just a really holistic approach to this journey, which is why we wanted to have you on today, Sarah. Hopefully we can get you back to talk about the sex aspect, but if not, um, thank you for your time today and being a part of our show. Thanks so much, Lucia. It was nice to meet you. We'll be right back on Multiverse. Today's lifestyle demands the best in wireless, and with Pulse Cellular, you have the best options available. Switch to Pulse Cellular for unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data, coast-to-coast -coast with no contracts, no credit checks, and no overage fees. One line for $65 or four lines for just $45 each, including hotspot, Wi-Fi calling, and 50 gigs per line. And for all you travelers, we got you covered in Canada and Mexico, plus text and data in over 210 countries worldwide, all with the best phones or bring your own. That's pretty awesome. Get the best user experience on mobile at PulseCellular.com. Thanks for being part of the Seekerhood. We couldn't do this without you. Now, back to the show. Thanks so much to Sarah as she shares her time with us and she is going to come back. Our next episode is going to be on cancer and sex. Sarah did agree to come back, so make sure you listen for the next episode. Before we let you go, Sarah gave us a lot of resources that we are going to include on our site. So make sure you check out the link to all the resources that she gave us. Since I shared books in the last episode, because uh, I am a reader, I, again, you can't see me because this is a podcast, but I have these physical books in my hand because I love them and they, they mean so much to me and they are so dear to me. But um, here are some books that were passed on to me that really helped me in the support aspect of it. Um, and I know for people that I know that have cancer have helped them as well. The first one is, and we're going to talk to someone who is living with stage four cancer in one of our other shows, but there is this book that my neighbor's daughter actually gave to me by Arthur Boyle. And it's called six months to live three guys on an ultimate quest for a miracle. And it's about a story of impossible healing. Truly anyone with cancer knows that sometimes every story is about impossible healing, but it happens right? It does happen. So if you're looking for a story about impossible healing, about inspiration, six months to live, Arthur Boyle. I cannot say it uh, enough. I hope I, you know, I want him on the show. I'm going to put it out there to manifest it right now. Um, but it's a beautiful book. It's full of hope and inspiration and healing, which are all things we love here at Well Seekers. The next one is Radical Remission. Surviving Cancer Against All Odds by Kelly Turner. She's a researcher and psychotherapist. She specializes in integrative oncology. Again, just a remarkable book. Tons of research on the things, nine key factors that can really make a difference in your cancer journey. So Radical Remission, Kelly A. Turner, again, cannot recommend that book enough. And here's one that uh, full 
full disclosure, I haven't gotten through yet because if you look at this book, it is enormous. And I had had, um, a lot of books, but I am in the middle of it. It's called The Emperor of All Maladies, A Biography of Cancer. Um, It's written beautifully. They call it a profound human biography of cancer from the first documented appearances. It's a beautifully written book. It's an informational book, but there's just an art to it and a delicateness to it, which are things that I try to put into my life. And being Italian is really hard (laughs) sometimes, but um, I just find that when there's an art and a beauty and a gentleness to the things that we do and the things that we read, although the path is tough and muddy and thick, it moves a lot easier or I move a lot easier through it. So this book, if you want to know a little bit about not being alone, not being isolated, and it talks about the origin of cancer and how people have been doing this since the beginning of time, really talks about resilience and perseverance. And again, I I could not recommend these books enough. We will link to them, of course. From all of us here at Wellseekers, thank you so much for being a part of our journey. We continue the conversation offline as always. So make sure to find us on Instagram, Facebook, at Wellseekers. You can find me there too. But definitely connect with us, subscribe to the show, of course. But uh, most importantly, just connect with us because that's what we're here for, to be connected to. We truly love you. So thanks for being a part of our show and our family, our journey, and with deepest gratitude and love. We'll see you back here in a couple weeks for cancer and sex. Or if you're listening to this series all at once, just roll into the next show. Um, We'll be back with Sarah Cowan talking about cancer and sex. Until then, we hope you are well and we'll talk to you soon. I'm All Seekers. How would you like to join the conversation? Email us anytime at hello at wellseekers.com.